Welcome to the True Identity Podcast, where we will discuss topics related to your physical, mental, and spiritual health. I'm your host, Nikki Romani. As a certified life coach and athletic trainer, I am passionate about helping individuals discover their true potential, becoming their authentic self, all the while enjoying life in the process. Are you ready to get started? Let's go. Today is a great conversation with my new friend, Ruth Joy Connell. We talk about identity, pivot points, and really knowing your why. Ruth Joy is an income strategist who helps creative and service-based entrepreneurs generate more profit by implementing strategy and systems around their time and money. She has a lot of experience in this area and just loves to help people. She is a millennial entrepreneur and helps other millennial entrepreneurs build seven-figure systems so that they can live a life where they have freedom to choose. She is a wife, a lover of God, and she says she's a super fan of musicals. This episode is just a really great conversation where she shares her story and she Like I said, she's an income strategist, but that's not what she set out to be. She wanted to become a surgeon, and she had her eyes set on that for the longest time, had her identity wrapped up in that, but I'm going to have her share with you more about her story of how she went from being a surgeon or the path to become a surgeon to now an entrepreneur who is an income strategist very different, but I think there's a link there. So I hope you enjoy this interview that I have with Ruth Joy. With me here today is my friend Ruth Joy. And like I said in the intro, she is not what she set out to be. (laughs) Let me explain that for a second. So she talked she said that she wanted to be um, a doctor, something that she shared with me. And now that is completely different than what she does now. So I just wanted to have her on the podcast to share a little bit about her story and what she's doing now, because what she does now is not a doctor, <laughs> which was something that she wrapped her identity up in. And here on the True Identity Podcast, we talk a lot about having your identity as not something that you do, but who you are. So Ruth Joy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. I'm excited for this conversation. (laughs) Yeah. So can you just start by sharing about your journey of being on track to become a doctor and then what that was like and then getting to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. So um, yes, you mentioned that initially that was my plan. And actually, more specifically, I was actually on track to become a surgeon. Like that was the end goal for me. I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. Um, And I had gone to school. My degree that I was studying was in uh, biomedical sciences when I first started off in university. And I had everything laid out. I had like a full four-year degree plan. I knew which medical school I was going to, which program I was going to do. I knew where I wanted to do my residency. Like I had a full plan laid out as to where I wanted to end up. And I had kind of created that plan and it was on the journey when I was in school. 
and for the most part, it started off, you know, pretty well. <laughs> I was enjoying it. I, I like studying the sciences. I still do. Like, it's still something that I enjoy. But as I was going through my degree, I was, I was really struggling a couple years into university because I was also a working student at the time, which I'm sure many people can relate to, you know, having to balance school. And especially when you're in sciences, it's not just your regular course load. You have labs as well which like labs are a whole other <laughs> like it's like doing two like double the coursework when you are going through labs as well so i had my regular coursework my labs and then all of the side jobs all of the side hustles that i had to be making extra income as well as like a regular part-time job and then i would just pick up anything that I could for extra money. So I did babysitting, I did tutoring, I did on-campus work. Um, and then I was also one of the leaders at my church and like there was a lot on my plate. And for the most part, I was balancing it for a little while and like, okay, I can do this. Like I'm not, I'm not really dropping any balls here. Like I, you know, I had everything going, but you know, balancing it, it takes a toll, especially if you are not super passionate about what it is that you're striving for because when things get hard no matter what you're pursuing right and so as I was going on this journey I realized that I was like my energy was slowly being depleted and at that point in time I was also then starting to see the effects of that in my grades at school and because of course I was I was on track to applying for medical school you need a high GPA in order to get into a good medical school. And the one that I wanted to um, was also combined with a master's program. So I needed an exceptional GPA in order to get accepted into that. So I was starting to see the effects of, of this overwhelm and all of the things that I had on my plate on my, my grades at school. And it was like, it, it was going well until it wasn't. <laughs> And then when it wasn't, it went downhill really fast. So I finished off my strongest semester. Like, I think I got all A's. And for me, a lot of my identity used to also be tied up into my performance at school because it was something I was good at. So it was like, like a safe space, right? Like I knew I could, I knew I could excel at school. It was something that came a little bit more naturally to me. I didn't have to put in as much effort or as much work with school. So it was something I was really proud of and always held on to. And after I finished that semester, like everything came crashing down. My energy was gone. Like I could not, I was sitting in class. I could not focus. I was constantly falling asleep and I'm not like someone who takes a lot of naps but like I had no energy I couldn't focus on things I was often like I would be taking the bus home and like would just burst out into tears I had no control it felt like no control over my emotions and I was panicking because it felt like I I didn't know what was going on and I also couldn't fix it as well but life was still moving. I was still in school. I still needed to, you know, like to show up to get my assignments done and I couldn't. And um, I, I really struggled with that during that time period. So I kept trying to push through for school. Like I had this kind of survival mentality, like, okay, you'll get through it. Like, just keep going, you know, just keep pushing, just keep moving forward. And it wasn't getting any better. And our semesters are four months. So I, I noticed that. After I finished the, the, the Christmas break and I went back to school in January, I remember the very first day sitting in class thinking to myself, I should take the semester off and I didn't. 
because I was like, no, like if you take a semester off, I'm already doing summer school every single year. If I take a semester off, it's going to throw off my whole plan. It's going to take me longer. And like, it's going to cost me more money as well because I was also on financial aid with school. So I was just thinking about all these things. I was like, no, I can't afford to take a semester off. But I, I remember so clearly that very first day in class feeling like I have nothing left inside of me <laughs> as I was sitting there. And I didn't. I kept going. I kept pushing through. And by March, I was failing all of my classes. Like everything. I had a, I had a full course load of five courses and I was failing all five of them. And so at that point, I was panicking because I'm like, I don't, I can't fix this. <laughs> So my only solution, my only, the only thing that I knew I could do to kind of salvage you know, my, my GPA was I dropped two of my courses. I had to maintain a certain percentage of coursework in order for me to stay in my, in my program and also meet my financial um, aid requirements. And so I dropped two of my courses. I, I, that was as much as I could drop at the time. And I kept the three so that when I did fail all the courses, at least that I could, you know, minimize the impact on my GPA. But sure enough, I failed all three of my courses. And I remember just being devastated because so many people like from the outside looking in, it looked okay. Like, you know, everybody struggles with school and like, you know, especially in university, like it, it just looked like, yeah, like normal struggle. But like, this was like, I'm barely surviving. Like, my head is barely above water. Like, and not just in terms of my performance at school, but just mentally, emotionally, physically. It was everything coming together at once. And I, I really struggled with it. So when I had failed that semester, I felt so ashamed, like so embarrassed. I felt like I couldn't tell anybody. And at the time, I think the only people, like I knew, I knew people could see a difference in me. Um, I remember even at church, like I love, I love going to church. I love praise and worship. It's like, it's one of my favorite parts of just being um, in that service and just getting that time to connect with God. But, and I, I'm an expressive worshiper. <laughs> but during that time period, I would go to church and like just sit down during praise and worship. Like I had no energy, no energy left. And someone, one of my friends had come up to me and she was like, are you okay? Well, she's, she's asked me, she's like, are you okay? And she's like, you know what? I know you're not okay. Cause I've never really seen you, um, you seem disconnected. And I was like, I am like, I, I don't, I feel lost with where I am right now. And I couldn't, I still, I felt so much shame and so much embarrassment that I like, I couldn't actually say, like, I literally failed all of my courses because people looked at me like, you know, this is this girl who's on track to become a surgeon. Typically I've done well in school. And like, um, it's kind of been, it's been part of my identity. <laughs> Realistically, it was part of who I was and what people knew me for. And so it was kind of like, if I took that away, then like, it felt like a fraud. Like I felt like, um, like a liar almost. Mm. And I was struggling with that for, for a long time. So I think the only person who I like, you know, who knew that I had failed all of my courses, I think was my husband or at the time who was my fiance. And um, he was the only person who, like, I guess, really fully knew the whole story. But my friends could see, like, 
she's she's not okay like there's something going on and um i was also just really retracted during that time period and kept to myself because again I, I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I felt like I can't let anybody know. Like this has to be like, I just need to make it up. I need to get back on track and then it'll be like, it never happened. But I, I didn't, I was really struggling and, and also struggling with depression during that time period. And so it wasn't just a quick bounce back. Like I would have liked for it to be where I could just kind of brush it off. Like, Oh, it was just one semester. It was the effects of that lasted a long time. And I had to actually go and get help for it. I had to go and seek out counseling. I had to talk about it and say like, okay, this is what I'm struggling with. And um, during that time period when I was getting help and just taking some time to myself as well, I had to, I was really forced to look at why are you pursuing this? Like, is the end goal worth it to you? Are you extremely passionate about this? Is this what you want to do for the rest of your life? That you are willing to do the hard work to get past the season and get back on track? Because it was, it was a lot of work. And at the time I couldn't see a way out. It wasn't like, okay, six months of counseling, I'll get back on track. And then everything from there would be smooth sailing. There wasn't a definitive end, I guess, for in order for me to start to feel like myself again. So during that time period, I was really looking at, okay, the work that is needed in order for me to get back on track towards just feeling how I wanted to feel, feeling confident, feeling, um, getting rid of the, that feeling of shame and embarrassment and, and guilt. And um, that was, there was a lot of work involved with that. So I was looking at, okay, if I'm going to do this hard work, what is it for? What is my why behind this journey that I'm on and this path that I'm on? And it was the first time that I asked myself that question and allowed myself to answer honestly and say, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, this is a good path. There's nothing wrong with being a surgeon. It is a highly esteemed profession in most of the world. Like, it, there's nothing wrong with the career itself. But I don't know why for me. I don't know why I'm doing this for me and what is, what is truly the end goal for me. Mm -hmm. And as part of pursuing that, this journey of becoming a surgeon, I had always wanted to open up my own practice and be able to hire and employ people and then not have to work at it. <laughs> and so in having this conversation with myself and with another uh, friend of mine who really challenged me, on my why and asked me the hard questions consistently <laughs> he was he was never satisfied with my answer when i told him why i wanted to become a surgeon he would keep pushing and keep saying okay but um so i said you know i want to be a surgeon because like i i want to be able to help people i want to apply the skills that i learned in school i don't just want to go to school and then not use the degree and, and all the time I, I spent getting that degree and he'd be like okay but why and I would say, okay, well, because like, you know, it, it's a good job and I, and I enjoy it and it'll be hands-on. And he would say, okay, but why? And it annoyed me to no <laughs> end. <laughs> he was just never satisfied and kept pushing because he didn't want a surface level answer. And at the time that was all I was giving. I didn't have it like this. It wasn't, it wasn't a sole answer that was connected to my heart, to my purpose, to, um, to the essence of who I was really. And so, and, and not just who I was, but also who God called me to be as well at the time. There was a bit of a disconnect there. 
for me as well. And so <laughs> he kept pushing and I, I was honest with myself throughout this journey because I had a lot of time at, at, during this period for me to really reflect on what it was I wanted to do. And when I kept digging and when I kept, when I looked beyond my current circumstance, I was like the, my goal and what I crave more than anything is freedom to choose. Like I want choice in my life. I want space in my life to choose a path for myself, to choose how I spend my time, to choose who I spend it with, to, to, to make choices and to live my life and not just survive. I wanted to be able to thrive. I wanted to be able to do more than I was now. I felt like I was living um, beneath my, my capacity and beneath my call and beneath my skills. And I didn't really know how to get there. But I knew that um, I knew that there was more. And so I started during that time period to look at, okay, how could I, what would this look like for me? I had big, I started off school with big dreams. I went through a hell of a time in school. And then I like, my dreams kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it was just to a point where it was like, okay, well, I'll take what I can get. And that for me was, um, was hard because innately I am a big dreamer. I'm someone who like, there is no limit. It's not that the sky is a limit. There is no limit to what I can do. Um, and I, that wasn't there anymore. And so I started back to, to dream again and just said, okay, what would it look like if this was an ideal life? If this was an ideal situation, what would it feel like for me? What would be the mo uh, emotions that are associated with that? And so I, I just began to ask myself questions and from there, I very slowly started to make a pivot um, into, what I, into what I do now. But it, it really started with understanding and being honest with myself about what I wanted. And I wanted freedom of choice. Um, and one of the biggest obstacles in my way at the time was money. When I looked at it, I said, okay, between me and my, you know, like I'm working all of these jobs because I need the money. And so I was like, okay, if I could eliminate money as an obstacle, how would my choices be different? What would I do differently if, you know, money wasn't something that I had to think about? Now, in my reality, it was something I had to think about, but I just, I started to then look at, okay, well, how could I make some money on my own terms? What are some things that I would like to do? Like if I could, if anything I did would eventually make money for me, what would I choose to do? And so I started looking at that. And that was honestly the beginning of my business. Mm -hmm. But before we, before we get into the pivot point, I kind of want to go back to, because I feel like a lot of people don't really, aren't able to ask themselves questions because they get caught in this hustle and bustle. And I have to work really hard to get to where I think I need to be. And there's so much pressure, I feel like, on us as a society of like, you have to get a career, you have to get a job. And if you're killing yourself for it, that's okay. And I think a lot of us are kind of, we get caught up in that. Like I know for me too, I've done it too. And you just get caught up and I have to work really, really hard. But the more I'm doing personal development, the more I'm learning. It's not about working harder, but it's about working smarter and also taking that time to reflect because a lot of people don't like it. I mean, it sounds like you didn't even, you were just like, 
you had the goal in mind. I'm just going to not even take time off because yes. I need to reach this goal. And yet you were physically, I'm sure your health physically, like your health wasn't great <laughs> because of that. I know, not at all. Yeah. And so you're not able to perform your best in school. And I feel like a lot of people do that. You don't, we don't listen to our bodies and we just think like we have to get to that angle of making a lot of money when once we get there, we're not even going to be able to enjoy it because we're like, our health is not well. Yep. So I think one thing I wanted to point out through all, throughout all of that is if, if you're someone who's listening to this is in that space of, I feel like I'm working a million jobs, I'm hustling. I don't know, like, I just have to make my end goal. I want to say as an encouragement to them is like, it's okay to take a rest day and it's okay to take a break because you need it and you'll come back even more refreshed, I think, and have a clearer mind moving forward from that. Do you agree with that? (laughs) I agree 100%. And I think too, just to add to your point, I think sometimes we lose sight of why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and that most of us, even when it's something that we love, like when the work that we're doing is something we love, it factors into a bigger picture. Like it's still not the end goal. Mm -hmm. And that bigger picture is a life fulfilled, is a life well spent, is a life where you, you you gave the most of yourself to the people that you love, you had an impact and you're leaving something behind. Right. And the work that we do. Legacy. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And the work we do is is a part of that, but oftentimes it can become the whole picture. Like we can Mm -hmm. be consumed with that and we kind of justify it and say, well, I have to do this because it'll get me to my end goal. But then (laughs) we can sometimes lose sight of that. So I I agree. It's just to add to your point, just just remembering that um, it's, you know, whatever you're doing, it's a means, it's not the end. And Mm -hmm. there's a bigger picture that where it's just one part of it oftentimes. Yeah. And I think people also have a hard time of seeing the bigger picture too. It's like, I just have to make it to this point and then I'll be okay. But it's like, we're on this life. It's a constant journey. We're constantly growing. It's good to have those stepping stones, but I think you're right about like, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind or what it, what do you want to be remembered by? And, and just, that's what you're living for. And like you and I were Jesus followers. So we're living for Jesus. And how would he want us to live our life? I don't think he would want us to run ourselves into the ground. He wants us to have a life of abundance, right? And, and he, he is a God of abundance too. That's something I have to keep reminding myself, even with like financial stuff. It's like, he has access to all the money in the world. Like we just have to be obedient and ask and just follow his direction. But I think it's important to, like you said, and we can kind of continue on to why you're doing something. Why are you doing what you're doing? And taking that time to pause and reflect on your why is huge. And even like you had some people in your life who pointed out something's not right. You need to, something needs to be fixed. And then like your friend who continued to ask you your why. And I love that your answer was never good enough. That's a good person right there (laughs) to keep saying, nope, you can do better. (laughs) I agree. I agree. And we all, I mean, I'm so grateful at the time. It was hella annoying, but now I'm so grateful, you know, to that 
he pushed as much as he did. And I'm like, if we can do that for somebody else, do that. No matter who you are, no matter what it is, do that. Challenge other people's, especially the people in your life who are closest to you, um, because it's it's so easy to get caught up in the mundane. It's so easy to get caught up in the what we should do, especially right. um, in our generation of like you go to school, you get a job, you graduate. Sorry, you graduate, then you get a job, and then you you stay in that job with your stability for as long as you possibly can. And um, we don't often ask ourselves again, going back to that legacy. Like at the end of my life, what I want it to look like. What is it that I want my days, like, how do I want my days to be spent? How does it that I, what is it that I want to leave behind at the end of the day? And so, you know, just challenging people's why and just say, just asking, you know, why and continuing to ask, why is this important to you? Why is it that you want to do that? Why is it that you're choosing this job? Why is it that you're choosing to go to this um, university or to pursue this career field or whatever decision it might be, you know, it doesn't have to be business related. It could be about the relationships that somebody has. It could be about um, opportunities that they're taking or not taking. And it's, it is so important to have somebody who is going to challenge you and, and pull out the best in you. And if you don't have that in your life, then be that for somebody else. Right. And so that there's no excuse Like we can, regardless of what you have or don't have, you can be a source for somebody else. Yeah. And let's talk about like the pivot point. And I want to touch on, because you mentioned that you um, were very disappointed in yourself, like when you realized that you didn't want to be a surgeon, like after you went through your why and you figured out, okay, this is actually not the path I want to take. And then you just go through this disappointment or you're letting yourself down or you're letting your friends down, your family down, parents down. I feel like, um, cause we're both millennials, like parents put a lot of pressure on the traditional, you need to, like you just said, you need to go to school, graduate, get a job and be in that job for 30 plus years. <laughs> and that's not how we roll as millennials. We have so many options. I loved your description of like what it's like to be a millennial when we were talking the other day of just, we have so many options and so many choices and so just figuring out what's best for us and it may change over time and that's okay so how were you able to work through that disappointment and that feeling of letting yourself down so um, it took a long time it really did and like even now it's still something I have to be conscious of in terms of how I let feelings from the past affect my present um, but just to give a little bit of context into that, I had had this plan to become a surgeon for as long as I can remember. It was something I had talked about forever to everybody. So anybody who knew me <laughs> knew that this is what I'm going to be like, I'm going to be a surgeon. And so in that time period, when I was really thinking and starting to make that pivot in another direction, I, there was a lot of disappointment feelings of disappointment and letting myself down, but also I mentioned feeling like a fraud because I had proclaimed this for so long that it's, it's what people knew me as. And so too, and I, because too, I was also still, it's not like I, I turned from one path like directly onto another. I was figuring things out. So um, I was trying different things. I was taking my time. And there was a time period where I, I didn't have an answer as to what it was I was going to do. 
And so it's not like I can say, well, I'm not going to be a surgeon, but I'm going to be this instead. Like I didn't have another answer at the time. So it was very difficult <laughs> to, um, to just address that. And so essentially what I, what I did was I gave myself some grace. I, I, I felt my feelings, which is what I like to say. Like, mm, however, however I was feeling, <laughs> yes, however I was feeling, I took the time to feel it. I knew that I was going to feel embarrassed when somebody asked me, so like, what is it that you're doing? And I didn't have an answer. I knew that I was going to feel um, uncomfortable. And I, I kind of prepared myself for that and just said, okay, if, you, if that's how you feel, then that's how you're going to feel. Feel your feelings and then we'll move on from there. Yes. Um, so I, I, that, that was kind of the first step of just acknowledging where I was and accepting that for myself. Um, and then from there on out, I, I tried to, I tried different things. I, it was not a clear jump from path A to path B. It was more like a, I'm, I'm going to climb this hill, roll back down, kind of get stuck in the valley and then <laughs> kind of take a few steps up. And then like it, there was so much in between. Mm. Um, and I had to embrace that journey and recognize that one as much as it feels like we have to have everything together, especially as millennials, I have my lifetime to figure this out. And if I spend my life on this journey of, um, of slowly living out my purpose, then that's also okay. Because like, it's also okay if I didn't have it all together when I was 22 or 29 or you know, however long it takes me. I'm aware of what it is I'm trying to pursue and that awareness and that effort um, is, is also a part of the goal, right? Like it's that being intentional is also part of the goal. That's also an accomplishment. And so just realistically, I had to first accept the reality of the journey and my situation for myself. And that was probably the hardest part because I had put so much pressure on myself and then unintentionally allowed others to put pressure on me. Mm. Not that anybody, not that anybody had any bad intentions, but they were really just holding me to the standard that I had created for myself. And so they weren't doing anything wrong, but I had to, I had to, you know, be able to say, okay, this standard is changing or the context of the standard is changing. And um, whether or not you can get on board with that, I have to be okay with still making that change for myself. Um, especially because, yeah, like you said, and we talked about this, as millennials, our path, there, there's so much that is unknown to us. Like we're living in an age where we are figuring things out as we go because we have so much more opportunity available to us than ever before in the past. And because of that, there's a lot of pressure to, to know what we want to do and to get on that path right now and to figure it out right now <laughs> and mm -hmm. to be able to say, like, this is my life in three sentences right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's, it's difficult, right? We feel this pressure externally. We feel it internally. A lot of us sometimes it's just our own pressure as well. And like, okay, you know, like I'm, I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh my God, four years have gone by. I've done university. <laughs> and like... <laughs> You know, time is moving so fast and it feels like, it feels like we're running out of time. And like, realistically, yeah, we are, we're all going to die, but <laughs> no matter what, 
But it's something we can't control. We have no control over that time. And so just embracing the journey that you're on and no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, just accepting that this is where I am. And as long as you're being intentional about where you're going, then you are on the right path. Because from there, you can make the decisions that will lead you to where you want to go. You can um, say yes or no to opportunities that will get you there or to partnerships or friendships um, that will get you to where you want to go. But if you are being intentional, then accept that you are in a good place, no matter what that looks like, no matter your circumstance and your situation. And that was part of what I had to do at the time period. That was, that's, that's what helped me with the pivot is, okay, I was aware I was intentional and I had to be accepting of, of mm-hmm. my current situation and give myself grace from there on out. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I like that a lot. And I think that's something, because I feel like there's always pivots in our life, whether it's big, whether it's small. So I think that's something to keep in mind too of those things to allow yourself to feel, which is something I'm still working on, (laughs) and being able to give yourself grace in the process and just accept where you are and be present and be okay that you don't have everything figured out, you know, in a split second. So I think that's really good for any area of life that there's a pivot moment. Um, So I want you to share now a little bit about what you do currently. And I was thinking about this and I feel like there's a link between what you thought you wanted to do and what you do now because you have a heart for serving and helping people. It just looks a little bit different. And I think that's so important too to think about is like if you think you're supposed to do this one thing but maybe like you said you just you realized your why wasn't big enough and you were really having a hard time because you thought you were going to be a surgeon but then because I feel like a lot of people do that they have I I said I was going to do this so I have to do it which is great commitment however um, I think I really love helping people figure out other passions and things that they have in their life too like you don't have to do this one thing and that the other things that you want to do may be similar at the end of the day to what you originally thought it just looks slightly different so talk about what you do now and how you help and serve people yeah, so <laughs> like you mentioned, there is like I do have a I do have a heart for serving, but I think to be honest, my passion for it was really birthed out of that struggle and mm. was really birthed out of okay, I don't I don't like this feeling. I don't want anybody else to have to to go through this and feel lost or feel that uh, shame or embarrassment, especially as it relates to finances. Because again as millennials, I feel like we kind of get the short end of the stick sometimes and money is not something that we, uh, not a conversation that I'm used to having and like um, conversations about how to manage money and all that stuff. So in the midst of the struggle where I was doing all of these side hustles and and just trying to you know, make ends meet, um, I realized, okay, I I need to figure this out for myself. And if I can just figure this out, then I can share what I know with other people and I've always been a, a fan of kind of teaching as you go and not waiting until you have all the answers before you then look back and, and are able to help somebody. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take what I'm, I'm going to seek to learn for myself. And then what I learn, I will share with other people so that I can help them along the journey. And I recognize that 
Yeah, like I recognize I, I might only be on step two, I might only be on step three, but that's okay because there's someone who's on step one and they can learn from, you know, what I have to offer. And so that was really the beginning of, of my journey and how, when I started my business. And um, at the time, again, like <laughs> I, I'm trying to give a realistic picture of what this looks like because sometimes it can seem like, oh, I went through this hard time. And then after that, like I snapped my fingers and everything came together and it really did not. <laughs> this was like a process that happened, you know, over a couple of years. So there was a lot of trial and error in between. But I started the business and I, I started it really as a blog because again, I was just figuring out what I wanted to do and testing my skills and still even kind of feeling like a fraud because I'm like, I don't, I didn't, you know, I didn't go to school for business. I, didn't, I don't have a formal business background. So still figuring out a lot um, along the way, but I was committed to teaching what I knew and what I was learning. And I figured if I could stick in that realm for now, then I will always have something to offer. And so um, I started my business and over time it, it transformed into what it is now. And so what I do today is I help entrepreneurs, creative and service-based entrepreneurs. I help them put systems around their time and their money. And I do that as an income strategist so that at the end of the day, they can exercise their own freedom to choose in their lives so that they can make choices in their businesses that align with the legacy that they're trying to leave. Um, but what my focus is just helping them eliminate money as an obstacle towards exercising their freedom. And so I do that in my consulting firm called RJ Connell Consulting. And um, that's how I serve today. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful to be able to have this opportunity to to just to share my story and to see it benefit other people. And the fact that I am able to impact people in a very similar way that I, I thought I could only do before as a surgeon is, has been so encouraging and just, I'm, I'm so grateful. I love what I do and I'm so happy that I have the opportunity to do that. <laughs> yes, that's so good. And I it's crazy how time and time again when I talk to people it's like they God use it like that we go through struggles and it's like we have to whatever struggle we go through that becomes our passion and the thing that we want to help people through I know it was for me as well like getting injured and trying to find my identity wasn't being an athlete and figuring that whole thing out too. And now that's what I love helping people with. And it's so funny, like when something bad happens and people are like, why, you know, why is this happening to me? Why is God letting that happen? But he uses everything and turns it into good. And which is why, like when I am now talking with um, people who have gone through a struggle or athletes who are struggling and they're injured, I'm like, this is going to be used later on. You just don't know it yet. And it's really hard to see in the moment because you're like, why is this happening to me? <laughs> but then years later, you look back and you're like, wow, because I went through that, I am where I am today. I'm stronger than I was before. And I have tools to help people in this, a similar struggle that I went through. So I just love that that is like you are using your pain and turning it into your purpose and that you're so passionate about it. I love it. I love that like redemptive story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I, I agree. I'm, I'm grateful. And it also just reminds me that no matter 
where you are, who you are, what you've been through, where you're coming from, this is true for anybody that you have something to offer. Your story is your selling point. It is what makes you unique. It is what makes you valuable because nobody has, nobody can offer the same insight that you do when, when you have something that you've gone through or something that you're going through or, and that doesn't have to be something adverse. Like it's not like you have to come from a bad experience. It's mm-hmm. just your own life experience in general is your own. Yes. And so it's just, I, no matter, you know, whoever is listening and whoever needs to be encouraged, I encourage you to realize that there, you are so valuable with what you have to offer just as you are today. Amen. Love it. <laughs> so if people want to connect with you, um, where can they do that? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so my website is rjconnell.ca. And that's like a central hub for pretty much whatever I'm doing from there. Um, and you can also connect with me. I'm most active on Instagram and that's at rjconnellofficial. Um, that's my handle there. And also, so I just want to leave a gift for anybody who out there who's kind of in their own pivot point right now um, and looking to say, okay, what's next for me? I have a course that I offer. It's called Clear, Confident, Bold. And that course just helps you get clarity on your business idea, helps you um, position yourself as an expert, draw on your past experiences and communicate clearly about what it is you want to do and how you can help other people. And you can find that at rjconnell.ca forward slash CCB. And those are just the letters CCB. And if you put in the code true identity, then you'll get um, a discount there. As All well. right. <laughs> <laughs> So excited. And I'll put all the links in the show notes for you so you can look at that. But thank you so much, Ruth Joy, for being on this podcast, for being a guest on True Identity. It's so good to chat with you and hear your story. And I'm really excited to get to know you more. And um, even though we're in different countries, she lives in Canada. So cool. <laughs> right now, I just need to point out that Toronto Raptors won game one. <laughs> and so I'm, we're super on a high here in Canada. Got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, thanks again for being here. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Nikki. This episode is brought to you by The Comeback, Mindset Shift After Injury. If you are an injured athlete and have trouble sleeping because your mind is racing a mile a minute, if you are worried about what's next because you have put so much of who you are into the sport you play, and now that you're injured, you don't know if you'd be able to play again, I have something for you. It's a series of writing prompts and videos to help you work through your thoughts and feelings during this process. There is also an opportunity to be a part of a community of people just like you at the end of the course. I've been through this and I wish I was surrounded with people who were in a similar situation that could encourage and understand the pain I was going through both physically and mentally. Make sure to go to NikkiRomani.com slash the comeback to join the community. I hope you enjoyed this episode today as I talked to Ruth Joy and got some nuggets of wisdom and insight and some tips that maybe you can use throughout your life if you're going through a pivotal moment. Make sure to refer back to the show notes and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you know when upcoming episodes will be available. 
Thank you so much for listening. And remember, your true identity is not what you do, but who you are. And you are awesome.